you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. What an honor it is to come across your earwaves and be part of this broadcast. And thank you for your prayers. Thanks for you folks who send in money and help us along the way to uh, pay the bills. We we put out around $200 a month. Once in a while, people ask 150 to have the um, broadcast processed and then we pay some fees for storage because we store an awful lot of materials and and put them in different levels and allowing them to uh, you know go to places like spotify and radio stations and things like that we do a dynamic process and uh, with a group as well so with us uh sitting out there and uh, uh really it's harrisonville kansas just uh i guess it would be is that south of kansas city kevin it, it is, and it's actually on the Missouri side, but it is south going toward Joplin. Yeah, uh, beautiful friends, beautiful people. He's out there with Brian Hedges out there, such a such a dear brother and a member yeah. of our board of trustees at Wounded Spirit. So we just want to shout out to him and, and say we love him, we love his church. So we found ourselves yesterday talking about when trouble comes as we uh, process over to the place of uh, uh, looking at the life of Christ. And, uh, and, and so we're working our way, we're processing our way through this. And you're going to be so surprised when we look at the life of Christ, how far back in the Bible it goes. And you guys are going to love things that God has in store for us as we go through that. Uh, the Bible says, so we started yesterday and we, we kind of handled, uh, we're in James chapter one, verses two through 12. We did verses two through four yesterday. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire one, nothing. So before we move into verses five, Kevin aptly reminded me that I had these tests and kind of left you hanging out there. So, so far, all my tests have been good. Uh, hopefully, by the time you guys listen to this broadcast, I'll have back a couple routine biopsies that happened uh, within my stomach system, and uh, all should be good. If not, I'll make sure I tell you guys out there on the Facebook page so you'll know how to pray, but I, we trust that uh, things are going well now, and thank you for reminding me of that, Kevin. So here we go into the portion of the verses we're in, so 5 through 8, uh, James 1. Chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. And I love these verses. It says, if any of you lack wisdom. You know, can I raise my hand and say, I'm one. <laughs> I'm two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can everybody out there raise their hand with us? Let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, and, and folks, I just want to point out quickly here that idea of nothing wavering, just totally believing God has something for you, trusting him. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with wind and tossed. For let not the man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all ways. Uh, so we're encouraged, I think, in this verse to ask God. And he generally, you know, he's very generous. So there's generously 
gives us wisdom, uh, you know, without finding fault, he takes care of us. But, you know, this request, and that's why I stopped there, it's, it's like it should be made in faith. You know, it, it's something that we trust God so much that we're not doubting or wavering. We're not saying, hey, God, if you can do this, or we're not saying in our heart, if he can do this, we know that our God can do anything. We know that our God is sitting on a throne in heaven. We know that our God has the strength. So it, when we go to God, we're not a wavering people. We're not a doubting people. Uh, because remember what it did. It compared doubting people to a wave in the sea that's just swayed by the wind, swayed by the undertow, tossed by the wind. And, and then th- there's this idea of being double-minded uh, that type of person is not going to receive anything from the Lord uh, because we're, they're unstable. And so stability, Kevin. So as we look at these things, there's a purpose for when trouble comes. That purpose is that we grow more patient. That purpose is so that we get more endurance. And, and the purpose is so we take these things joyfully and know that coming out of the other end, we're a better person. Coming out of the other end, we're more Christ-like. As we mentioned yesterday, coming out of the other end, we're more apt to reach into pits, Kevin, and pull folks out. Exactly. Yeah, I love this in James 1 that you brought us to uh, this with these broadcasts today. Let him ask in faith. Well, the verse verse five, if any man of any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Then it says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. And then it takes a play on that word wavering into waving, you know, the sea waving, uh, having its, having its waves. And I just can't help thinking as I'm reading this, that, um, you know, waves, waves come and go. Sometimes there's there's a glassy sea, right? You know, and then sometimes the sea has waves and the Bible wants us to have a, um, a life that doesn't have all the ups and downs. And, you know, um, there's, there's two kind of waves. As I recall from earth science, I was an earth science major in college. As I recall from these classes dealing with the geography of, of waves, you know, there's wavelength, there's, there's amplitude wavelength, frequency and these um these waves on the ocean can be driven with uh wind which is what the bible talks about here but then there's also these seismic waves you know and caused by uh, an earthquake you know they call it a subterranean earthquake but uh, basically a big shift in things will set set off a wave and those waves are very small virtually imperceptible when you're, if you're in a ship at sea, but if the, if that wave, uh, can, if it's allowed to, to make landfall, it becomes a tsunami. Right. And, and so I'm just thinking about, you know, waves can be, um, they can seem really small, whether it's wind waves or seismic waves, we need to ask God for wisdom because he can see the future of what's going to happen with these ripples that are happening in our faith. And, and, you know, something can take place, a sudden shift. I'm thinking seismic, like shifting of the crust of the earth <laughs> under the ocean. Just a boom, you know, this plate moves. And then <clears throat> all at once, there's this imperceptible 
change in, in 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 things and but when it hits landfall it wreaks havoc it kills a bunch of people it wrecks buildings wrecks you know in japan a, a nuclear power plant got inundated and that wasn't good so you know my savior wants me to ask him say lord this seems small to me uh, you know it was a radical shift you know it was i got traumatized i was blindsided however you know how others will be affected. And I'm asking you for wisdom. I'm asking you for your viewpoint so that I can check this thing before it gets too far. I want to, I want to overcome it by faith as it were. I want to give the opposite resonance to the waves. If I could borrow the physics here, I want to give the opposite. I want to deaden it. I want to neutralize the wave by faith. And God has the ability to do that. And our little bit of faith can uh, set the things in motion to stop it. So God give us his view. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. I like the idea that, you know, there is a way to stop the waves. Yeah, there is one there's God. And, you know, I'm reminded in second Corinthians, I loved the second book to the church at Corinth there. And over in chapter four, you know, throughout the book of Second Corinthians, you know, Paul's talking about his time. He even says in chapter one that they're pressed beyond measure. They're worried about their lives. And, and uh, by the time we get to chapter four, uh, the apostle Paul gives us some wonderful understanding, or me anyway, in verse eight and nine. He said, we are troubled on every side, yet we're not distressed. So what's the bottom line on this James thing? Well, we can be troubled on every side. But we don't have to be distressed. So when trouble comes, it's a choice what we do with it. It said, we are perplexed, but we're not in despair. And so I've been thinking about this. You know, trouble comes, it shows up. We can go into that flight or fright syndrome, and most of us do. Honestly, you know, we have to stop and say, oh, God, we need your help. That's what he's talking about here. You know, the trouble's all around us, but we're not distressed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We are persecuted, but we're not forsaken. God hasn't forsaken us. We're going to be persecuted. We're going to be hurt. People are going to hurt us. Life's going to be upside down. And then he says we're cast down, but we're not destroyed. And so, folks, I think he covers this whole gamut there of troubles. I think he's covering this whole thing for us to understand you know, there's going to be some trouble, but we don't have to be depressed or distressed. Uh, there's going to be some perplexing, but we don't have to go in despair, despair and shut down. We're going to be persecuted, but just remember, I'm not forsaking you. Listen, folks, we got to let this stations do what they got to do. We'll be right back with you. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. And you know, sometimes in the midst of all this, sometimes in the midst of the troubles, that being distressed, being perplexed, the despair, uh, feeling the persecution, feeling forsaken, uh, being cast down, not destroyed. And God comes along and says, but just come unto me, all ye that are labor and heavy laden, 
and I will give you rest. So God's saying, listen, I know your labors are hard. I know the troubles are real. I know they're there. I know depression comes. But when that happens, just visit me, Kevin. Just come see me. Come on to me, and I will give you rest. Mm. Yeah, well, he makes it so inviting, you know, doesn't he? And <clears throat> But the, the, the weird thing is trauma, doesn't it, Doug? The trauma yeah. makes you actually... Um, just stand there and, and, and not respond because you don't know who you can trust. So, you know, in this, we talked about narcissism, a person who's been abused by someone is, is very gun shy about responding to, you know, to a legitimate help, a legitimate helper there. If you've been hurt by a police officer, you are absolutely triggered by being pulled over by a by a policeman and you'll be like calling 911 is this guy legit if you were abused by a, a, a you know a faker and um you know there are people that fake it in the ministry they're they're not god called they're not spirit led they're not <laughs> you know they're 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 phonies yeah. they're and, 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 and so yeah exactly and and the so people that have been hurt by someone in the ministry tend to freeze when, you know, at first, when, when a pastor shows up, you know, a guy in a, a suit and a tie, well, that must automatically mean, you know, a preacher in a suit and a tie must automatically mean this is one of the phonies. And, um, it takes a while for them not to, uh, yeah, freeze up. I was talking to my daughter about this thing of freezing. So I got four daughters and I'm not going to say which one it was, but I was talking to one and she had been through some things, uh, who hasn't, but she had been through some you know, some stuff that meant a lot to her. And so we were talking father to daughter and kind of, she's kind of daddy's girl there. But as, I, as we were talking, she mentioned how, you know, dad, um, we all hear a fight or flight, but she also threw these in and I had to do a lot of thinking and, and looking at this. She said, there's, there's two more, there's, there's kind of another level of trauma response. So there's fight or flight, but she said, fight or flight, freeze or fawn. F-A-W-N. And I was like, what are you even talking about with this fawn thing? I get freeze, you know, uh, trauma can make you just, you know, go catatonic. And that, that is true. Um, but fawn means people that become totally compliant, totally like Stockholm syndrome. They just, just their, their trauma response in, in, in a given situation might be to just say, Oh, oh yes. What, what do you want? What do you want? Like to, you're not fighting. You're not running. You're not catatonic. You're not, you know, going into a fetal position. You're just acting like, and I, you're acting like you want to just go along with everything. And I'm, I worked with a guy like that who was so, uh, traumatized. He was, so he was in a court hearing where his daughter had been raped and he was having to testify and he was so PTSD shocked as he came to work every day that he, he went, um, he went, he didn't freeze up, but he just, he, he would just, um, he would shadow me and, and he would just mumble to himself. Like, what do you want me to do? And I wasn't his supervisor, but he'd say, what do you want me to do? Reverend, what do you want me to do, Reverend? Reverend, what do you want me? To? This is at a warehouse. What do you want me to do, Reverend? What do you want me? I'm like, I want you to stop following, but I couldn't say that because I knew what he was going through. But you know, people people respond sometime, 
where they're not looking at the Lord, they're looking at the offender and they're trying to cooperate with him, or they're looking at the trauma and they're trying to, you know, they're freezing up. They're, they're not, they just don't know what to do or there's fight or flight. But really what you said, Doug, we need to, we need to turn to God and say, Oh God, give me wisdom. I want to cooperate with what you're doing here, because if this is a test or whatever, I want to pass the test. I, I don't want to just make the teacher happy. You know, I don't want to make the person that's right here in my life. I don't want to make the, maybe the teacher's not a good analogy, but I don't want to make the guy sitting next to me who's trying to cheat off me uh, in a class happy. I don't want to act like I'm cooperating with my abuser. No, I want to, I want to get through the test. And, uh, man, that's just, that's the, gotta be the goal to come unto him, come unto Jesus and offload everything, ask him for wisdom to get through the test. And then, uh, yeah, get on with the next, next phase of life. Yeah. So when we think of that, it's good to know there's something in the middle there. I I don't have to fight. I don't have to fright is one way that some people say it. So fright would be the ones where you just, uh, you, you just curl up is what they used to use that in the military when you're getting shot at the fright or flight, the fright would be, you would just curl up and, but the, the fight or flight in very good explanation there is, am I, do I fight or do I run? And I, I love the way you just explained, Hey, right here. And we don't have to do either one of these. We can stop and go to God. And I can't even imagine what that dear brother friend of yours must've been going through after the physical abuse uh, of your, of his dear daughter. And I, you think about that and folks, but when these troubles come, when these times come, there's a God, there's also a system we follow. Obviously we deal with the police and this man found himself in court. We deal with those things. Cause if we don't, I'm going to want to go to the closet and grab a 30 yard six. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and so it's so important yep. that we realize we've, and, and, and God help us in that area. I think we're all there where we want to grab the 30 yard six and put a scope on it and shoot from about a mile away and then bury that bad boy in some cement, you know, and cover it up with dirt and give yourself a bath and some bleach and then swim around the pond and then come out of the woods like you were camping out somewhere. I, I know we all want to do that, but, yeah. but we serve this great God. And, uh, you know, David was in the middle of all that craziness. And we find ourselves over in Psalm 121. And he starts off and he says, I will lift up mine eyes onto the hills. So we make this conscious decision when trouble comes, we need to lift up our eyes onto the hills. From whence cometh my help? Uh, my help cometh from God Almighty, and I'm going to lift my eyes to God. My help cometh from the Lord, the Bible says, which made heaven and earth. And, and so, you know, when I think of David in the midst of the craziness, can you imagine everything he went through with Saul trying to kill him, his buddy Jonathan trying to be some kind of mediator, all those different things. I mean, here's David. He's just good with a slingshot. He's out there on the farm taking care of the sheep. What a lesson how God said, hey, we're supposed to be shepherds. Let me go get the best one. Let me go get one that's after my own heart. And, and, and in the midst of that, David gets to the point where once again, his life is upside down. The troubles are all around him. And he said, I will lift up mine eyes onto the hill from whence cometh my help. So folks, here we are. We, 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 we started off and we said, when trouble comes and boy, trouble's going to come in it. 
And, and then we said today we were looking at, if you lack wisdom in verse number five, let him ask God that give it to all men liberally. He generously gives us wisdom and upbraideth not, and it shall not be given, but let ask in faith, nothing wavering. Folks, we got to go to God without wavering, believing he is the eternal one. He alone can fix those things. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea. And, and Kevin gave us that wonderful look and dissection on what a wave can be. And of the sea driven with wind and toss but let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the lord a double-minded man is unstable in all ways so as we close out today and we continue to talk about when trouble comes don't be double-minded be that person that comes to god be that person that shows up and looks up the hill and says god i need your help right now Uh, doing this myself being in flight or fright or i want to be god i just want to turn around from fight or flight and say, I'm looking up the hills. God, get me out of this. We sure do love you folks. Let us know if we can do anything for you. Come on back tomorrow as we move on there in the book of James chapter 1. May God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.